Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the program Today's Issues here on American Family Radio. It's Monday, August the 29th, and we thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio is Ed Battagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Fred Jackson. Yes, sir. And uh, let's see, uh, who's going to be on today? Chris Chris is coming. Yes. Right, Chris Woodward later gave on. gave Steve the day off. Steve Jordahl gave him the day off. wonder mm. if he's wearing, you know, his, uh, he likes that plaid or the, what, what, what? Paisley. The Paisley. Paisley? Is that what you call it? Pais- yeah. Paisley. Paisley. I don't know. I call it 70s shirt. <laughs> but I call- 70s. Huh? <laughs> uh, and you would tell him that to his face. Uh, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, nothing with wrong Paisley? with that. Hey. Yep. Throw, you can want to wear a throwback shirts. Go ahead. Just make sure one day a week you wear your bell bottoms so that you match. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, a uh, lot to talk about today. A lot, ha- lot has happened since last we discussed the news, which was on Thursday. Wow! Yeah, Ed, tell folks how they can join us on uh, the internet there. Well, uh, if you'd like to watch us do this program, there's uh, several ways you can do that. You can go old school, Facebook or YouTube. Search for the name of this program, which is Today's Issues, and click through. We do advise you to try out our AFA streaming platform streaming.afa.net and we stream the video uh, of all the talk shows on American Family Radio AFR Talk. There is an exception or two sprinkled throughout the lineup, but streaming.afa.net is a way for you to watch us do radio. Also, we uh, encourage our listeners. I know most of you are listening on a terrestrial radio station, but if you're planning on traveling or you have friends who cannot get AFR on their car radio for example we encourage you to encourage them to get the AFR app AFR app and they can listen to American Family Radio programming wherever they have a strong signal Fred all right let's uh talk about uh what's happening with flooding down in Jackson Mississippi uh, the governor of Mississippi, uh, Tate Reeves, was on uh, Fox Network this morning. He had declared a state of emergency. What happened, we, we talked about the system that moved through Texas last week, causing horrific flooding in Dallas. Well, that moved east uh, in the latter part of last week uh, through the Jackson, Mississippi area. Uh, what's What's been kind of strange during the weekend, the sun came out, but the waters continued to rise in what is the Pearl River. Now, I just uh, was listening to a report in the last 25 minutes. There was worries today that that Pearl River was going to continue to rise um, and and crest, and the governor was on talking about that. But just in the last couple of hours, they are noticing some receding of that of that water. So they're cautiously optimistic that the worst of the flooding is over. Hundreds of people have been forced from their homes uh, there in the Jackson, Mississippi area. Uh, 
and uh, also uh, like power stations being flooded, that sort of thing. So uh, the sun is shining brightly, uh, and they're now hoping that that water will continue to recede so people can get back in their houses. But it was kind of a strange scene, as the Fox reporter was pointing out. People were standing out on their porches yesterday, their front yards, beautiful sunshine, but they were watching the water continue to rise. So it was kind of a, a strange environment. But we're hoping that uh, the, this last report in the last 25 minutes is accurate and that water is starting to go down. Well, I, I've never been in a situation like that. I have, My wife and I, my wife has family, so it's my family as well, but her her family, her um, immediate family uh, down there in that area, and uh, they've so far been spared, I think, some of the worst of it. But I've never been in that situation like so many have where you're watching water rise. And, you know, there's very little you can do to just stop water. It's just going to go it's going to go downhill. It's going to go through cracks. It's going to get in. And, um, boy, that's got to be a helpless feeling. Yeah, very much so. But you, know for- the, you know the uh, city in America that receives more rain than any other place in the country? I'd say it I would guess be what, Jackson. My, Jackson, is it? I was going to uh, say Seattle. Well, the uh, answer, the correct answer is Mobile, Alabama. Really? Uh, you would think Seattle, because that comes to mind, rain all the time, but it's mm-hmm. more of a mist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's, That's what I've heard. But, uh, yeah, the uh, Mobile, I read that, receives more rain than any other city. I, don't, I guess it's just because it's on the Gulf Coast and hmm. thunderstorms pop up off the Gulf Coast all year long, right? So, yeah. But, but, yeah, uh, I think Mississippi, the state of, gets like 58 I think I was going to say 57, but 58. I remember reading something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inches a in, year. That's a, year. a lot of rain. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, but it, the, the highest rain amount uh, in the country is along those Gulf Coast states because of the, well, because of the Gulf, I, I suppose, would be the main reason for that. But uh, ironically, uh, we have it. We, uh, those of us who live in, North Mississippi haven't gotten that much rain. No. In fact, it's a rain shortage. But you go central Mississippi below, mm-hmm. it's just been one downpour after another one. Yeah. That's the flooding you're talking about. Yeah. Next story, Fred. All right. We, we've talked about the, the violence uh, increasing in cities like New York, uh, Chicago. It's, it's sadly a a weekend occurrence many many killings many it's all over america in the big cities it is detroit there were two incidents on the weekend that have authorities puzzled because the shootings seem to be very random they they don't seem to be driven by gangs or anything of that nature in uh oregon uh this is last night at a safeway grocery store somebody with a gun uh, walks in and just starts randomly shooting customers. Uh, and there were two people killed in that incident. Also, the uh, the shooter himself was found dead by authorities. But uh, this was, put yourself in the situation, this is Bend, Oregon. Sunday evening, out doing some grocery shopping. Not what you would expect. It, Bend, Oregon, we don't hear stories of violence in, in Bend, Oregon. And somebody just walks in and starts shooting. 
a similar situation in Detroit over the weekend where a gunman in a given area of the city just starts shooting people. Three people died in that. And, and so you have to step back and you wonder what is going on. Tim, you sent out this video. Again, this was New York of a guy robbing a man in a wheelchair. And I think it was on the subway. Mm-hmm. I believe it was. There's video of that. So we're, we're seeing these increased incidents of violence. But these last two, like I said, there is no connection that police are making between the shooter and the people who are the shooting. It's just <clears throat> random, just killing mm-hmm. people. Now, they do have strict gun laws in Oregon. And I don't know why this person didn't pay attention to those who committed these this acts of, of, of gun violence. Well, uh, you being, know, it's, it's, it's hard to under, like you said, it's hard to understand the psychology of this. I have to think some of this is demonically inspired. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize it. But when things don't makes when you can't find a way to understand the motivation so like you have shootings you remember uh, Dylan Klebold and Kip, uh, Kip Kinkle I think Kip Kinkle was the one up in uh, Oregon where he shot his parents and 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 uh, Klebold might have been one of them from uh, Columbine but you, you know you you sit there and you go okay so you have a couple of you know, troubled young people at Columbine, they're going to get even with students mm-hmm. that maybe, you know, were mean to them or whatever. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying you can work your way from point A to point B and and, and you can say, okay, they did it because they were bullied or they thought this, thought that. They're taking revenge, okay? You have gang violence, we all understand how that might work. Just trying to get in the heads of these people. So you can work your way through these kinds of things, but it's very difficult to go to these totally random acts because there's, I mean, no particular, and sometimes it's workplace violence. Mm-hmm. You know, you find out afterwards the person worked at the place. He goes because he got fired. But these kinds of random things. Now, I, listen, I believe when you're, people are committing murder like that, that the devil's involved regardless of whether or not they think they have a good reason. But these random things, remember the DC snipers? Yeah. Uh, one of them was back up uh, in the news here recently, the one who was a young man at the time. But uh, just shooting people at random, that's a, a different form of wickedness. I, I'm not sure there's a way to understand that. But well, you guys see where this <clears throat> professional football player in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. He was uh, plays for the uh, form. What are they now? The Commanders or what are they? I think well, it is the, Commanders, formerly known as the Redskins. Yeah, the Washington. I think it is Commanders. But anyway, he was carjacked uh, in a in a robbery, mm-hmm. like at six p.m. on Saturday night or some Friday night or something like that. Yep. And I was thinking to myself. Uh, there's still daylight in our nation's capital, and I know there's some dangerous places in our nation's capital, as there are in any big cities. You know that you don't go to that part of town, right? <laughs> places, but uh, this seemed to be, you know, just like on a uh, in a you know regular neighbor. Well, what a neighborhood! It was like a, a the business section. Well, but there, there, that's part of what's happening in the big cities. Is it's moving out of quote unquote the bad right. neighborhoods. Right. They're going True. to you're going to you know And it's getting more brazen. 
yeah. and open. And I mean, it's it's violent crime in this country has skyrocketed since George Floyd. Yeah, it was happening. It was increasing before then, but uh, after the George Floyd incident, when the cops were attacked nationwide, remember that, right? And uh, that in a lot of big cities that just neutered the effectiveness of policing and uh, police don't do uh, they, they don't do proactive policing anymore in these big cities they only react i'm speaking broadly and generally now they only react to <clears throat> crimes after the fact uh, uh which is a big change remember stop and frisk under yeah. giuliani for example in new york and that cleaned up their city made it a safe city now it's gone to it's terrible in these in, in most all these big cities, especially where you have these woke DAs who won't prosecute crime, right. criminals. So you got people committing acts of violent crime, and yet they're out on the street that afternoon. Well, that, and bail bail laws changed yeah. by the state legislature. No bail, yeah, no bail reform, and uh, that, that's what they call it. So you couple all that or put all that together, you got a recipe for disaster, and that's what we're seeing. You, Combine that with just the moral breakdown right. going on in America and the fatherlessness. I mean, uh, a lot of the 50, over 50% of these violent crimes are committed by young black males. And they represent like 3% of the overall population. Why you say, so why is that? Yeah. Well, they have no dads, you know, in, yeah. in, in their home, fathering them and mentoring them and raising them properly. And uh, it's just a tragedy, and it's showing. And so, uh, this there's we got a lot, a lot of problems in this country uh, related to crime, and it's it's. I don't know how you're going to exactly turn this around. I know a lot of people are leaving the big cities. Yes, they're getting as far there. Uh, they are. It's a mass exodus. Uh, Was it three hundred and some thousand have left the state of New York, just in the last couple of years? A lot of them going. Yeah. To oh, yeah. Yeah. They're leaving. They're leaving. If you can get out, you you, and like you said, they're coming to the suburbs now. Right. The crime is. The yeah. crime is. Coming. They're following people from the city to the suburbs. A lot of these crimes are being committed in the driveways of people who have been to the city and have returned home. That George Floyd incident was the worst thing that could have happened to our country, uh, in terms of diminishing the authority of the police. Yes. Uh. Subsequent to that, you're seeing uh, uh, people who there's no fear of the badge any longer, right? Among these, a lot of in, in again in in, in, uh, in the big cities, for instance, they don't they they'll just they'll just tell the cops what what to do with it, where to go right. when the, when the police say you need to move on or you need to get out of your car, right? You need to put your hands up. Um, and it's resulted in police leaving the police forces yeah. in these big cities and them having a hard time filling those gaps. All of that is a snowball effect, which yeah. doesn't seem like it's going to let up anytime soon. Portland, Oregon is one of those cities, and it's uh, what's happened there. Of course, they lost a lot of police officers. I think they're down hundreds of police officers right. in that city. What has happened there, because of all of this, the homeless people have moved out of the downtown core. They had a problem downtown. We talked about this last week of downtown cores like Seattle, Portland, 
businesses are shutting down uh, because of the homeless problem. Well, in Portland, Oregon, the homeless people are moving out to the suburbs. Now, you, you stop and image this in your mind for a second. Out in these quiet neighborhoods that yeah. we're talking about, the homeless are arriving, setting up their tents mm-hmm. and their outdoor toilets, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. in front of houses, people's houses. Mm-hmm. And, and there's and, nothing they can do? And they're... now these people are trying to sell their houses. Oh, my. They're trying to get away, get away from it. But this all goes back to your point, Tim. What happened in the wake of what happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis? This started just a, a oh yeah a cascade a cascade effect across this country in Democrat-run cities. Yeah, where you have the DAs that aren't doing anything about this, letting people go, people who get arrested with multiple felonies in their backgrounds. Right, they just let them go. Yeah, and. and- Quite frankly, unless the voters in those cities demand a change, like they did in San Francisco, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, demand a change and and law and order be restored, then it's only going to continue to to be this way. Why in the world in New York City they allow their district attorneys, namely that guy in Manhattan, just to let violent criminals go uh, in a turnstile mm-hmm. and, and get them back on the street. Yeah, every time, every time you read about some violent crime committed in in New York in particular, where they, in Los Angeles too, where they, uh, you know, finally arrest somebody and put them behind bars for a few days or weeks, you read their rap sheet mm-hmm. and they've like, you know, well, he's had a dozen priors. Yeah. what they call it. Well, he, you remember the you talking about the Manhattan district attorney Alvin Bragg? Bragg, yeah. He he remember he said here's a list of crimes we're not even going to prosecute anymore. You know, I, it's just it's it's stunning. And you're to going hear that kind you're of thing. going yeah, you're going well, are the citizens of New, of New York going to stand for that? Right. You know. All right, next story, Fred. Well, uh, uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden hit the cam- tr- campaign trail last week and you know, in his speech, uh, he didn't talk about all the violence that's going on around our country. He didn't talk about what's happening in these cities that are losing police officers. You know who he says the enemy of the people are in this country? Are those guns. Don- those Donald Trump supporters. They are the real enemy. Here's a little bit of the speech that he gave in Maryland last Thursday night, I think it was. Got one. We're at a serious moment in our nation's history. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They embrace, embrace political violence. They don't believe in democracy. This is why in this moment, those of you who love this country, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. And he went on, he went further from MAGA Republicans. He then referred to some Trump supporters. He called them semi-fascists. Semi-fascists. Yeah, he, that man's a liar. I, I, I hate saying that, but that, that's a bunch of lies. That's just a bunch of lies. And that's not just, you know, sometimes you get political theater, Mm-hmm. where you deflect from the problems under your administration and you want to talk about what the other side's doing. 
But to say that we support political violence because we're conservatives, constitutional conservatives, I guess that's what that's he's what talking he said. Yeah, no, that's what he said. Said, said we support Embrace. political violence. Embrace. I guess he's talking about January 6th. That's what he's talking still. about. Still. But, <laughs> you know. A few hundred people. Yes. Out of 70-something million I, that voted I, for president. Trump. I don't know. I, I personally don't know anyone. Now, I have a few liberal friends, but basically my family, my friends, Everybody I know is conservative, okay? I don't know anybody who advocated or or defended breaking into the Capitol and going into the, the office of the Speaker of the House or who supported uh, trying to uh, force members of Congress, if there were handfuls of people who, who had this on their mind on January 6th, to force members of Congress to not – certify the election results i don't know anybody who supported the the break-in and the violence he said did he say embrace political violence they embrace political violence let's hear that again see what he says here we're at a serious moment in our nation's history the MAGA republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security they're a threat to our very democracy they refuse to accept the will of the people they embrace embrace political violence they don't believe in democracy this is why, in this moment, those of you who love this country, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. America Republica? Oh, he was, he was mumbling. At, okay. Anyway. Yeah, so he said embrace political violence. Political vi- that's I, a bald-faced lie. Yeah, that's a lie. I, I don't even... Is he... It, I guess he's referring to to January sixth, and like you said, who what else em- could it be? Who, who embraces that? And secondly, I would say, other than breaking and entering, what kind of violence was done? Except Ashley Babbitt got shot and killed. Now, uh, there, there may I think there was there, there wasn't there uh, a uh, there were some a police officers who who died. Several days later. No, that, but, no the, but I thought somebody that, swung a fire Okay, okay, a couple, a couple, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. I'm just saying, you extrapolate from that, that, quote, MAGA supporters embrace political violence? I know. That's a bald-faced lie. Yeah. Well, compare that to what we've just been talking about, the violence in Democrat-run right. cities. All over, all over America, every Com- day. Compare it to what happened with Black Lives Matter and their violence right. oh, in yeah. Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't talk about that. No. He paints this wide brush. You know, it was really interesting. There was some fairly high-profile NBC anchors and personnel that really were critical of Biden for using the term semi-fascist. Yes. This is taking it to a level. He's the guy, remember, during his inaugural address that said, I want to bring people together. Right. And he's been called on the carpet for that. If this is what you do to bring people together... It's not working. Right. He has done more to divide this country with those oh, yeah. kind of remarks. Where was he speaking right there? Was that a... Uh, a it was in Baltimore. For It was a rally okay. some type. Uh, yeah, there was another point made about that rally. It was interesting. You know, that uh, he walks into that rally, no mask on. The people behind him, no mask on. Nothing. And yet, he said there's a pandemic crisis in this country, <laughs> which is why we have to pay the student loans. <laughs> that's that's one of the reasons but, he gave. But, but, but when he wanted to let all the millions of people in uh, illegally, yeah, 
he said there's no more pandemic. That's right. Right. That's right. <laughs> right. Huh? And he also, in that speech, said something about uh, MAGA people wanting to threaten our economic security. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the kettle calling the pot black. Yes. Who's destroying yeah. the economy in this country? You are, sir. Yes. Joe Biden did that. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. One of the special things about our tour of Israel is the uh, clean sheets and the hot water in our hotels. And we pride ourselves on providing that to all the folks who travel with us to Israel. So if you'd like clean sheets and hot water, see, I got your attention, didn't I? I got your attention. This is not just another one of Tim's Holy Land tour spots. I got you to listen to it. So I'm like that billboard that you read on the side of the road and said, I got you to read it. Hey, if you want to go with us to Israel uh, in March, we're over halfway full. We probably won't be promoting this more than another month and we'll be full, quite frankly. So for all the information, go to TWHolyLand.com, TWHolyLand.com, TWHolyLand.com. For the dates, the cost, the itinerary, everything you need to know is at that website. It's going to be a wonderful time with brothers and sisters from around the country traveling to the Holy Land, and we hope you'll join us. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Retailers are packing up and leaving San Francisco faster than you can say rice-a-roni. 17 Walgreens now closed, nearly every Gap store is gone, and CVS is not far behind. The reason is shoplifting. It's become an epidemic in San Francisco, in large part because of a change in the law. Nonviolent thefts are now considered to be misdemeanors, if the stolen goods are worth less than $950. When that happened, well, it became open season on local stores. The most recent, a Walgreens, when a guy rode into the store on a bicycle and stole nearly everything on the shelves. City leaders say they are perplexed. They don't know how to fix the problem. Spoken like true liberals, here's what needs to happen. Change the law. Unleash the police. Impose jail time. Hard jail time for shoplifters. Otherwise, folks in San Francisco are going to have to drive to Sacramento to get their prescriptions refilled. I'm Todd Starnes. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, Ed, and Fred, we thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Hey, we've got about 25, I think, seats maybe left on our Holy Land tour in March 2023. Uh, So they'll be gone in two to three weeks, I predict. Uh, So if you want to go with us and you've been hesitating, uh, you might want to check it out. The website is twholyland.com for all the information, twholyland.com. We go once a year, so uh, we go in March typically. TWHolyLand.com is the website uh, for all the information. Uh, as again, I say we've got about 25 seats or so remaining. Uh, and those will go quick. Tim, Ed, and uh, Fred, and we thank you for listening to AFR. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Fred, next story. Well, former President Trump and his lawyers are fighting back against that raid by FBI agents on his home there in Mar-a-Lago in Florida. He now has a, a federal judge who is telling the Justice Department uh, to provide her with more specific information about the alleged classified records removed from from the estate during that raid. Basically, what she wants is the appointment of a special, what's called a special master, and this is a, a person... A special master? Yes. Uh, this is a person, apparently, that's a, that's a term used for a person in cases like this who is supposedly unbiased, and she wants that individual to go through all the documents that were seized by the FBI uh, to determine if, indeed, uh, these were highly classified, highly sensitive pieces of, of information, of documents. So um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm sure there will be a challenge from the Biden Justice Department on that on that front. But you know that a lot of people are talking about, and they're suspicious. They're suspicious of the way that President, uh, former President Trump has been treated, and they go back to the whole Russia collusion. We know all about that, impeached twice, Uh, They believe it's largely political. And what's coming up in conjunction with all of this is uh, we're we're back to Hunter Biden's laptop. Why wasn't the same kind of force used uh, when all that story came to light? What's really been interesting, just in the last few days, uh, conservative talk show host Joe Rogan uh, had on— He's not conservative. He's not conservative? Libertarian. Libertarian. He's libertarian. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, he managed to get uh, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg on, and he was asked, Zuckerberg was asked questions about, okay, when the Hunter Biden laptop story broke, why was it that Facebook decided they didn't want to publish, make a link to the original story? Listen to what he had to say, but basically, Zuckerberg admitted that Facebook, he was approached by the FBI to say, don't talk about this. We believe it's Russian information. Anyway, have a listen to this. Cut number three. There was a lot of attention on Twitter 
during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, we had that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey— just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. All right. So that's Zuckerberg. What we now know, because there have been whistleblowers that have come forward, that the game plan inside the FBI in that that time when the laptop story broke, was uh, we're going to play this down. We're worried about it might interfere with the election that was coming up in a couple of weeks. So we're going to encourage, as you heard Zuckerberg just say, he was approached by the FBI, damp down on this. Don't don't talk about it because we think it might be Russian information. Disinformation. Disinformation. Yeah. Is there any denying, who can really deny that the deep state, the Justice Department, the FBI, I mean, they favor the Democrats. Right. I mean, huh? They, they don't have on uh, a black and white striped referee outfit anymore. Okay? They they put on the, the, home, the, the home team. They either jersey. got the uniform on of the Democrats or they're on the sideline with their cheerleader outfit on with the big D on the front yeah. of their, it, it's just, I mean, what he's saying is Mark Zuckerberg and this only confirmed uh, also Twitter, Twitter and, and Facebook. Remember Dorsey saying, I regret doing this. We shouldn't have done this, but Facebook and, 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 and Twitter. And, and that's interesting that he should Zuckerberg would say the FBI told us this was going to happen. In other words, there's some big, uh, he called it a dump of disinformation going to uh, come out news. And, and so I, I asked in our story meeting this morning, since when is it the job of the FBI to warn media companies that a story is about to come out that, is not true and it's big and we just want to tip you off to this because a this is the united states of america and we have freedom of the press it's not the job of the fbi to try to persuade press one way or another on something that's a story is going to be coming out uh second thing is the story was true (laughs) right okay it wasn't disinformation. We know now the story is true, and there's a there's a lot to be investigated here if the Republicans take over the House of Representatives, and only then, about how much money the Biden family made while, while he was the Vice President of the United States. Uh, that's, that's the big story here. Uh, that, that's the scandal part of it. How much money did... Uh, Joe Biden, the big guy, make mm-hmm. how much money did Hunter Biden make uh, going flying around with his dad and doing business deals uh, and getting uh, a White House visits for his business partners? This, this is all on this laptop mm-hmm. that Hunter Biden, and it's undisputed. These things are true. That I, and among other a lot of more sordid things that are on there, that uh, Hunter Biden uh, 
left at that repair shop. Can't, can't make this stuff up. That's just the craziest thing I've ever heard of, leaving a laptop with all that kind of information at a repair stop, repair store and, and not going back to get it. Anyway, uh, so, so uh, and then you had these 50 or more, uh, what, uh, intelligence uh, senior officials who signed a letter an open letter, remember this? Right. Saying this uh, this is Russian disinformation, talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. Okay. They were all deep state Democrats. They didn't care they didn't know what was on that laptop. So how can you sign your name to saying this looks like Russian disinformation when you don't even know what's on there? But this was all to protect Joe Biden in the two to three weeks prior to the election from this bombshell uh, report coming out uh, uh, and uh, about Hunter Biden's laptop and what's on there. And so Facebook, the FBI, Facebook, Twitter, and the mainstream media decided we've got to protect our guy. Mm -hmm. Our guy's Joe Biden. And he may lose to Donald Trump, i.e. Satan, uh, if this story is able to generate uh, national attention and that later there were surveys done to show that may have swayed two to three percent of the public or maybe more maybe five percent i remember one survey that said 17 percent of democrats said number one we did not know about the the hunter biden laptop story and if we had i probably wouldn't have voted for joe biden Yes. That's 17% of Democrats. Right. So so it worked. The collusion uh, of the of the big social media uh, and the mainstream media to suppress this story, uh, it worked. And that's what Zuckerberg is saying there. I don't he's saying just he goes on in that interview to say Facebook didn't absolutely squash the story. They like moved. I don't know how they control these uh, algorithms or whatever they call it. Where they they basically depress the story intentionally, mm-hmm. didn't ban it outright like Twitter did. Um, but so when you take all that into account, you take the two years of Mueller, and he comes up with nothing against President Trump. And you know, had they had something, they would have found it because they had two years, um, an unlimited budget. They had 20-something, I think, uh, Clinton-supporting lawyers going after Trump and all his, the people who surrounded him. And, of course, they nailed a couple of them on a process law uh, violations like tax evasion or something like that, Manafort. And mm-hmm. what, was his, what was the other guy's name? Well, uh, Richard Stone. Cohen, uh, Roger Stone. Yeah, I mean, so those kind of things that if – if that kind of investigation had never taken place, those things probably would have never been discovered. But there was nothing involving uh, Trump and Russia that that Mueller could nail. So again, you combine all those things that I've just talked about the last six or seven minutes, however long I've been going here, and you wonder why there's complete and total distrust of half of America on the FBI raiding President Trump's residence right. mm-hmm. to get these boxes of materials, which may contain some classify stuff uh, probably does uh, but then you say well 
Why didn't Hillary Clinton get in trouble when she's Secretary of State doing classified top secret business on her server she put in her bathroom so she would avoid congressional oversight? Why didn't anything happen there? Well, why? Because the FBI, they shielded it. They shielded her from any kind of uh, trouble or prosecution because— Well, well James Comey, the, the FBI director at the time, he said, oh, she didn't know she was doing anything wrong. That was That's, his answer. She, she didn't intend Intend. To, they had, yeah. This thing intent. was, yeah. he was playing the decider of what her intentions were. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and that, just, that made a difference on whether he was going to. Which is not the law. The law is you can't have it as Secretary of State. Now, it, it's probably a different uh, deal with a former president who is allowed to declassify right. documents before leaving. That, to me, is different than a Secretary of State. The law is you can't have the top secret confidential stuff. It doesn't matter whether you intended to do it or not. And somebody should have asked James Comey, James Comey this. I don't know that the, he was ever asked this. Sir, you say she had no intention of breaking the law. Isn't the very uh, act of putting a server in your basement, in your home, to do, do your uh, U.S. government business, isn't that intent to avoid scrutiny? Yes, and oversight. That's because that's her, intent. Her her defense initially was, "Oh, these emails are just personal." Uh, Chelsea and I are discussing, you know, yoga class or you know, wedding yeah. plans or whatever her explanation was. Then, lo and behold, we found out no, there were thousands. She was conducting business yeah. with emails stored on her. And I would argue that. Uh, 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 technology or emails are more uh, vulnerable to being stolen from bad actors than boxes in a room. Right. So, I, of course, uh, all this is, so you wonder why half of America or more go, no, they're just out to get Trump. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you go on, you go on what Biden said a while ago, <laughs> we played. That he wants, they want to go after Ma what they call MAGA people. Uh, Ultra MAGA. Yeah, I mean, basically put us in camps. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I I don't know. I'm a conservative, constitutional supporting Christian, yeah. like you described it. I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't say. Do I support Make America Great Again? The idea, the concept. Yes. Right. Yes. Do I support everything President Trump says or does? No, I don't. But generally speaking, I support his 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 movement that he started because it I aligns with the things I believe, which is half the country. Yeah. It's half the country, and so Biden is saying we need to we need to go after half the country, basically. What yeah. So and, and let me and then Fred, I'll toss it to yeah. you. Uh, let me also remind our listeners of something probably most of them will remember, recall, that the Department of Justice also considered parents going to school board meetings a threat. Okay, so trying to get into the minds of half the country who go uh, when they're thinking about the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago, no, FBI, you have trashed your reputation in the minds of half the country, and you deserve scorn. And if you want to earn trust back, you've got to clean up your act which means you need to prosecute actual crime no matter who does it. 
And what was it that James Comey did at the time? Remember, he 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 took documents and then gave them to his next door neighbor. Yeah. Yes. He was who I, he knew. Who he knew had friends at the New York Times. New York Times. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't do this, but you can get send this to the New York Times. Yeah. Now, was that classified information that he took home with him that he walked over? To I don't next, remember. To the next door yeah, neighbor. I, I Listen, remember. the word the word classified. I was listening to an interview this morning. It's just thrown around. It's just thrown around. Yeah. You know, it it can be old bubblegum wrappers. It's classified. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, to but, but, all but, that but, you. But, but, but that was just another example of here you have. Yes. And the way that they treated General Flynn, they set him up. Right. Yes. We just want to come over and talk to you. You don't need a lawyer. It's just unbelievable. There's one thing after another, and then we're asked to say, then we're asked uh, to give deference to the FBI raiding uh, President Trump's home, and you're supposed to go, well, there, there's no history here. Right. <laughs> you know? Go ahead. Uh, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina was on Fox last night. He was asked about all of this. I want to read you some of his comments and then play you something very sobering he had to say at the end. He said, most Republicans, including me, believes when it comes to Trump, there is no law. It's all about getting him. There is a double standard when it comes to Trump. What happened with Hunter Biden is that the FBI weighed in to make sure the story didn't break before the 2020 election. And, and Graham notes this. We now have whistleblowers at the FBI telling Senator Chuck Grassley that they were told to slow down and back off Hunter Biden. And then Senator Graham said this, cut five. If there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information after the Clinton debacle, there'll be riots in the streets. That's very sobering. And I don't think he's advocating for that. But he is growing concerned that the American people are finding out of a very yeah. serious double standard. I don't know about that. Republicans don't riot. Uh, now you have the January 6th uh, deal there. But typically speaking, the only ones that riot are the lefties. They riot and they burn and they vandalize all in the name of social justice. But well, I, I would Republicans say- are going to have a hard time finding somebody to bring snacks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? After they get off work. Uh, and, and they usually, when they do have a, a, some sort of a protest, they clean up after themselves. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, uh, listen, I, I, the good, I, I, I would hate to see that. I, I'm just going to say that yeah. is nobody wins if, if it gets to that point. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say that's, that is positive about riots in the streets, this is tongue-in-cheek, folks, is that at least Nancy Pelosi would be in favor of, of those kinds of protests because people do get passionate. Remember she said that people do get passionate and I'm not going to say you can't do it. Yeah. Oh, remember when, I remember when CNN, when Chris Cuomo was on CNN back during the BLM riots, uh, post George Floyd. And he said, tell me where in the constitution that, that, uh, protests are supposed to be peaceful. Yeah. In other words, he was just saying violence is okay. Well, because it's the cause I believe in. And it was funny because I remember that right after he said that there was some young man, I don't even know who it was, who posted some video that went viral and he played that Cuomo Mm -hmm. quote and then said, um, the constitution (laughs) says it to peaceably assemble. Mm -hmm. And he answered, uh, 
of course, that went viral because it was, yeah. it, it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Next story, Fred. All right, we've just come off the uh, first anniversary of another, what many people believe, President Joe Biden disaster, and that's the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Now, this is a bit of a name from the past. You may remember uh, he's now retired General Frank McKenzie. He was fairly high profile during this whole, uh, what, I, what many people believe is the disastrous removal of our troops out of Afghanistan. He is out there. He's retired now. He's out there talking about how recommendations that he made that were not followed through by the Biden administration, for instance, leaving a contingent there in Afghanistan to keep an eye on the Taliban, he said, my recommendations were ignored. I want you to have a listen to this. He's talking with, first you're going to hear from uh, President Joe Biden what he was saying at the time. Then you're going to hear Jennifer Griffin, who is the Pentagon reporter for Fox, and finally the response from General retired General Frank McKenzie. Cut number four. Look, let's put this thing in perspective here. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? How did you feel when you heard the president say that you knew it wasn't true? Well, our position has always been that al-Qaeda is there because the Taliban hosts them. It's why we went into Afghanistan in the first place. And certainly al-Qaeda has been rocked back on their heels in recent years. But al-Qaeda is still present in Afghanistan. And also ISIS is still present in Afghanistan. And both of those entities have a long-term aspirational goal to attack us in our homeland. And given the breathing room to reestablish themselves and reassert their strength, we believe we will, they will do that. Here's what you told VOA. If we leave, uh, eventually al-Qaeda and ISIS in particular are going to go into open space in Afghanistan and the threat to the United States is going gonna, is gonna to rise. Do you think troops will have to be sent back to Afghanistan? You know, that's a, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult question. I know this. Uh, it is in the, the, the best long-term interest of the United States to not allow these centers of uh, violent extremism to grow and expand in Afghanistan. And I believe under the current Taliban regime, that's probably what's going to happen. The last time I was looking at, the, at intelligence, that, that, was the, that was the position we had. I follow it like everybody else does now in the newspaper and other sources. But I see nothing to change that opinion that, uh, that the threat is growing in Afghanistan, and it's merely a matter of time. I tell you what, talk about sobering. when I heard those words, now this is a guy who is on the front lines, and the Biden administration went against his recommendations to leave that contingent there. You heard the president saying, Al-Qaeda, they're not there anymore. Here's his one of his top generals, so familiar with what was going on in Afghanistan at the time, saying, no, we knew they were going to come back in. And now it's <laughs> what happened just a few weeks ago. One of the, uh, one of the leaders of uh, the terrorist group was assassinated uh, there as he sat on his front oh, porch. It was the number two. Number two guy, guy responsible for 9-11, right? Yes. He got taken yes. out by a drone. Yes. And and the issue was he felt comfortable to be out in his balcony at that time. Yeah. So we know, and, and Mackenzie's words there, I think, are, are, like you say, very sobering, that they are going to use Afghanistan as a base to further attacks on the United States. You got a wide open border on the south. So you mean ours? Not yeah. Afghanistan. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> on our southern border. Uh, wide open. Uh, I have to believe 
some of those folks are already in. We know that handfuls have been caught uh, who are on the uh, yeah. terrorist watch list. How many have not been caught that are set up inside the United States? And uh, we, we all know, I, I think, fair-minded people on both sides of the aisle can agree that the withdraw, withdrawal, withdrawal from Afghanistan was bungled. We left millions and millions of dollars of equipment there. We lost the lives of Marines because it was bungled. And who knows? Nobody really knows this, but it's very possible that we, at that abrupt withdrawal without leaving forces in, may have caused the Afghan government, the legitimate Afghan government there to collapse, meaning the Taliban is back in charge. Yeah, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a dilemma. And I, I don't know what the answer is exactly. By that, I mean most Americans don't want our troops spread all over the world, policing this, that, and the other. I think the majority of Americans were in favor were in favor of us after 20 years getting out of Afghanistan. But then uh, the other side of that is what the general there is talking about, Fred, and that is uh, – uh, well, we can say we'll get out of this place and that place, but if that makes us vulnerable to a terrorist attack like 9-11 or other, or other uh, kinds of <clears throat> attacks, then maybe we need to leave some kind of a, you know, deterrent. Yeah. Uh, but the idea that you're going to ever beat the Taliban is, is, was never possible. Right. I don't think. I mean, it's an ideology and a religion. Yeah. Okay. You may kill a hundred of their fighters today, but guess what? There's going to be a hundred more tomorrow. Yeah. Look what the Russians, the Russians got their tail handed to them back in what the eighties. Yeah. By the Taliban. Um, so it's a, uh, but that sobering is the words yeah. I would, I would agree with you using there. We'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.